participating out there. We're glad about it. Glory to God. I'm not mad at anybody, but uh, praise God. Also, uh, yeah, if you're out there, let us know. That's a way you could record your attendance, at least online. Say, so-and-so is watching. Praise God. Be sure to share it, like it, because the more you do, uh, the more people are affected by what's happening. So open your Bible, if you would, please, to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Wow. Glory to God. I've just had such a rich and wonderful day with the Lord and in the Word. And, uh, but I'm, I'm still going to need you to draw on me, you know, for your sake. As one minister often tells congregations, he'll say, and rightly so, that's why I'm repeating it, that uh, utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. Utterance, what's spoken. And whether or not God accomplishes His will in that service is not just all up to the preparation of the preacher. Right? It's very, very much dependent upon the hunger, the attention, the faith, the involvement, the response of the people. And it just kind of occurs to me that's another sort of a limiting thing, maybe from a live stream point of view, is because I can't necessarily feed on. God knows if you're out there hungry and drawing, of course. But I can't feed necessarily on that list. God just graces me super. We're just living in a brave new world, aren't we? And, uh, but praise God. But just, you know, uh, showing up is not all that's necessary for you to have done your part tonight. Grateful that you did. But let's get it all. Let's get it all. Because we're talking about some wonderful, but also weighty things. In uh, dealing with, if you're a visitor or a guest, I've been dealing with the subject of learning to be led by the Spirit. Learning to be led by the Spirit. You know, to a great degree, to a large degree, the outcome of your life, good or bad, or if you want to put it in a percentage, how much of what God had for you to do, how much God had for you to walk in, to receive, that you actually do, is in a large measure going to be determined to how accurately you are led into it by His Spirit. And... So, so sad to say that so, so few have really real skill developed in their life in making a decision that is inspired by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And, you know, oftentimes, in the, especially in the New Testament, the call of God on our lives individually is described as a race we run. And, uh, you know, even on a four-corner track, there are turns. But really, you know, I, the, the race that I'm thinking about is more like a cross-country kind of a long, enduring race. And, you know, uh, it seems like some Christians just run right up into a tree, you know, and go, bam, they're not paying attention. No, but to get to the end, to get to the finish, we have to make timely turns and corrections, right? So that we end up at the place where God wanted us to be, ultimately. Having accomplished what He wanted us to accomplish. We're not going to get there without Him. And so I hope you're interested. I hope you're interested. I hope you don't think you've got this all down perfectly. Because you just lied or deceived yourself. Uh, Praise God. So Psalm 23 has been our uh, golden text, our launch point uh, in most of these uh, teachings. In Psalm 23, I know you know it, but look at verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. David made it personal. 
you need to make it personal. He's my shepherd. He is my shepherd. I'm glad he's your shepherd. But it's more important to me in my life that he's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now notice the wonderful result David gave of having the Lord as your shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not lack. What? You know, if you think about the, the analogy that's being used here is a sheepfold, lambs and sheep, being overseen and cared for by a Bedouin or a shepherd. So it's not just they need water. If they have a shepherd, the sheep don't lack water. Because the shepherd knows where the water is. When they need fresh grass to graze in, in a safe place. When they need provision, they're not concerned. They don't lack that because the shepherd knows where that pasture is. They don't lack for protection because the shepherd is willing and practiced and skillful in defending the sheep. So in the end, they don't lack lack for health. They don't lack for provision. They don't lack for direction because they have a shepherd. Now don't, don't make me go preaching on the pastor's office. You know, the word pastor only appears in the New Testament one time, but it's referred to many times, and most often it's referred to as an overseer or a shepherd. So that wonderful part of Jesus that is this leader and this guide, amen, uh, he left, right, took his place at the Father's right hand, but he is still shepherding us in part, in a limited part, but wonderfully important through the office of the pastor. So I just feel for people who don't have a pastor. Or who they have one in title, if they were asked who's your pastor, they could give a name, but they're not properly connected. They're not, they're not, they're not in right relation to the pastor's office. But that is not my sermon tonight. We'll have to leave that alone. But verse 2, it goes on, and David said, He makes me. I, I just love that. He makes me. It's going to be a sure thing if you just stay rightly connected to Jesus, to lie down in green pastures, Praise God, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me. Now everyone say that. That's the title of our sermon series. He leads me. Do you believe it? Have you made it that personal? He leads me. He leads me. Go over to John chapter 10 with me. John chapter 10. Praise God. Well, you're already pulling on me. John chapter 10. Such a wonderful, wonderful revelation in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I'll begin reading in verse number 2. But he that enters in by the door, Jesus said, is the shepherd of the sheep. So again, we're talking about shepherds and sheep. To him, the porter opens, and the sheep do what? What did the master say? The sheep hear His voice. And He calls His own sheep by name. See, I'm not just some obscure, faceless, nameless, have a number, citizen in the kingdom of God somewhere. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, The Ancient of Days 
is my shepherd. He knows me by name. And it says here, because I'm one of His sheep, are you? That I hear His voice. Isn't it sad that millions of Christians probably, they don't believe that you can hear God? They don't believe that you can uh, hear God accurately and individually, and they'll become skeptical, critical, and even offended if you get up and say, well, God told me. Oh, who do you think you are? God told you. God doesn't. Who do you think you are? Moses. I mean, God spoke to Moses. Who do you, th you think you're Moses? I mean, they're just weird out there. But what does the Word say? Jesus knows me personally. Jesus knows you personally. <laughs> I'm His sheep. And it says, My sheep, the sheep, hear His voice, and He calleth His own sheep by name. Come on, we can get to the place where you ought to be hearing the Master through the wonderful voice and agency of the Holy Spirit say, Marilyn, come on, right? John. A lot of times I'll hear the Father, He calls me Son. Well, I am. And then notice how verse 3 ends. He leads them. Everyone say, He leads me. Leads them out. Verse 4, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So I think I've read enough scripture to be able to substantiate this statement I'm about to make and advise you, don't ever say, I can't seem to hear from God. Don't ever say it. Because you're setting in motion a spiritual law that's going to work against you because you get what you say. See, you're putting yourself in disagreement with what the shepherd said. Our shepherd. Our Savior. He has made a definite... You, you, can't, you can't mess up these words. He has made a definite statement and declaration about you and about me. He knows you, Barbara. I could call you, you know, I know Sister Barbara, but he knows you. And this says, you know him. He's leading you and that you know his voice. So if we're going to be word people, are we word people? If we're going to be word people, then no matter what it looks like, no matter what your mind says, no matter what your emotions are, no matter how much pressure you're under to make a decision, you need, the, way to, the way to get there is not to speak things that are contrary to what the Master said. See, your faith is for everything. See, we teach you faith around here. Faith is for everything. Faith is not just to receive salvation, just to receive the baptism with the Spirit, just to receive money, just to receive protection, faith just to receive healing, you need to use your faith to hear from God. You need to make it a declaration of faith. You need to say, I, I hear from God. I hear the Master's voice. I am His sheep. He knows me by name. I'm going to hit this right on the head. Honey, we're going to make the right decision. We're going to end up in the right place at the right time. 
He is our shepherd. I'm in agreement with Him. He's going to make me to know and hear His voice. Woo! Praise God. Glory to God. And this is how you stay out. And see, uh, the enemy will come along and inspire and, and work on your mind through pressures, you know, to get you to say things like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just can't seem to hear. Stop saying, I don't know. Don't let those words escape your lips. If you do, repent. Are you with me? Don't, I know we're just being trained, right? We haven't, we haven't been taught these things many times. But the way to get to the right leading from God, That's the whole point is we're learning how to be led by the Spirit. Listen, we're living in the last days, right? We're living on the the day of the onset of of the launch of a dark day in the world. Praise God. And we need to accurately navigate some turbulent, dangerous times and waters out there. And we can. Because even in the midst of all this chaos, right? I mean, if the dollar collapses and the economy goes to pot and the Chinese invade, whatever's going to happen... God knows where my green grass is. Jesus knows where my water brook is. I'm going to be led. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be taken care of. I'm going to be protected by the wolves. Because He's my shepherd. He goes before me. I follow Him. And if you've got a 25-year track record of making terrible decisions... The way you end that and make that part of the past is to pick up what I'm saying. Set yourself in agreement with the Lord. It is never right to contradict the Lord. Come on, if the Lord said it, it's got to be true. (laughs) Hallelujah. It just gets more better as you read. Let's go on and read verse 5. And a stranger... Will they not follow? See, there's no ambiguity or vagueness in... These are definite declarations from Jesus. I mean, think about what confidence His statement of faith is communicating to you, Sister Cynthia. Because He's got you in mind when He says, Cynthia will not follow the voice of the stranger. See, He's he's putting some confidence and some faith in you and in His ability working in you to make sure you don't go the wrong way, that you don't listen to the wrong voice. But so many have turned around, not Cynthia, but many have turned around and are opposing themselves by saying, I'm so confused. I just don't know what to do. I can't ever seem to... Nothing nothing I ever decide works out. I just don't understand why good things don't happen to me. Well, for starters, stop shooting yourself in the foot by saying stupid stuff like that. You didn't know it was stupid. There was a day I didn't know it was stupid. But after you read John chapter 10, verse 1 through 5, we realize it's what? Stupid to talk like that. And I know when you're under pressure, I've been there under pressure, and you got deadlines, and people are putting pressure on you to make a decision, and the enemy will start working on your mind, that you there's just something about that demonic influence on you that you just want to say it. You want to call up everybody you know and go, I'm confused. Tell me what to do. What do I do? I just can't seem to hear from God. I never hear from God. 
But you realize now how devastating that can be when you understand how these spiritual laws work. Oh, praise God. We're going to have to believe God because I, this is so good, but I have so much more I want to get to. <laughs> praise God. So it says, A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. How positive is the Lord? They know my voice. They do not know the voice of strangers. They will not follow the voice of strangers. Praise God. Well, you need to read the whole chapter, but skip all the way down to verse 27. John 10, 27. Jesus makes this declaration. My sheep. So who are you? His sheep, right? My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Say it again. He leads me. I follow him. I don't follow the voice of strangers. I hear his voice. Come on. Isn't that awesome? So, so good. Go quickly over to the book of Isaiah. Let's get into some things. So we know that all the way down to the individual level, we have a right, we have a God-given capacity to hear from God. You know, if we walk in the full potential of this, you know what that means? You'll never make another devastating decision in your life. You don't ever have to make another wrong decision. All you have to do is to decide to hear and obey what you hear. That's the only decision that you have to make going forward. And just do it over and over and over again. Something comes up, I've already decided. What do you mean? What did you decide? I've decided to hear. And I've decided to obey what I hear. And I'm done making decisions after that. Because I'm not steering this thing. I, where's the ministry going to go? Wherever the Master takes us. I'm not, I'm not going to put that pressure. You need to come up with a really cool corporate vision statement. No. I have the same job you have in this congregation. I'm His sheep. I have a role. He's delegated me a role. I'm doing it to the best of my ability. But the only pressure I'm under is to hear and follow. I'm not under any pressure. Something comes up. Something comes up. Uh, medically. Do I have it? Do I don't have it? Do I take the medicine? Do I not? Do I have the surgery? Do I not? I don't have to decide. He already knows. He knows me. He knows my measure of faith. He's got a perfect will. So I've already decided. I'm going to hear. And I'm going to obey what I hear. And I'm going to do it over and over and over and over again for the rest of my life and just walk in victory. Isn't that, doesn't that take the pressure off? Yeah. Oh, what church do we go to? Oh, who do I marry? Oh, am I dating the right person? Well, just, just make one decision. The decision to hear. And then focus a lot of effort in developing your spiritual acuity. We all have, already have a God-given capacity to hear, but we have to develop it, practice it, 
become skillful with what we've been given. I have a saw at home, but I could be more skillful with it. How am I going to get more skillful? Practice using it. Doesn't change the fact that I have the capacity to hear from God. He already said, I hear from God. Did you find Isaiah 50? Isaiah 50. Praise God. Look at verse number 4 with me. Verse number 4 says, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned. Isn't that good? I like that. That I should know how to speak a word in due season to him that is weary. You know you ought to put your faith on that even though you might not be a preacher. You know, like a pulpit preacher. But you're a believer. And there's people out there around you that need answers. We'll be like Isaiah. Let the Lord grace you and give you and help you to know how to speak the answer. Well, that's not my sermon either. So the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Now notice this last phrase. He, talking about the Lord, He wakens, uh, He wakes, He wakens, uh, it's King James, He wakens morning by morning, He wakens my ear to hear. He wakens my ear to hear as the learned. That phrase really stood out to me when I came across this passage today in my study. Notice, God wants to not only cause us to speak as a learned person. That word just simply means as someone who has been instructed. As someone who has been trained. Someone who has been taught or mentored. Notice God wants you, he, he's, he's endeavoring to stir up to awaken morning by morning your ear to hear, but not as a beginner. He didn't say as a beginner or as a novice, but as one that has an ear of the learned, as someone who has been trained to hear, taught to hear, mentored to hear. That's the kind of ear God wants to give you. Do you want it? I want it. I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it more than I have it today. Glory to God. Now this kind of gives us an, a hint about how often God might want to lead you. Doesn't it say month by month or season by season or year by year, but morning by morning, God might have something to lead you in. He wants to have fellowship, right? How can you have a relationship uh, with someone that you can't communicate with? Hallelujah. Then it goes on in verse 5 and says, The Lord God hath opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Uh-oh. Neither did I turn back. Now this is... I hesitate in even reading that verse, but I want to. I, I, if the Lord wills in the time we have, I'll come back to it, but I'll make this statement now. You know, you can damage your ear to hear spiritually. You could damage your hearing. 
you know, it's, it took me a long time to, to do it, but uh, I have become to be diligent and try to be religiously faithful to use hearing protection whenever I am operating loud machinery. So I've spent, I've got a lot of miles on these bones on a weed eater and on mowers and tractors and equipment. And now I've added shooting my firearm. Well, notice you can engage in activities that are fine, but you can damage your hearing. Damage, naturally, your capacity to hear. Well, I want to hear. I'm believing God to keep my hearing all my life long. I don't care how old I get. He's going to give me an eye that sees and an ear that hears and hair on my head that stays dark, black, or brown, whatever it is. Right? I'm believing Him to keep my being. So, But I can do something naturally. I can put protection on. Well, God says, I am, in this verse, I am willing, I am able, I am desirous to stir and awaken your ear to hear and to make you hear as someone who's skilled and learned. I'm God and I'm going to open your ear to hear. But Isaiah added an important ingredient. I didn't rebel against what I heard. I didn't turn back from what God said. Can I say this to you? In your endeavors, how many of you say you want to hear from God? Raise your hand. I want to hear from God. You recognize my life, my blessing, my longevity, my safety even is dependent on my ability to be led and hear from God. I can mess up my life really bad if I don't. It's not something you need to be afraid of, but just be sober about it. Well, before God ever speaks, it is necessary... And it's a form of spiritual hearing protection for you to consecrate yourself. You know what that word means? It means to dedicate, to devote yourself to obey whatever it is that He says. You do know that not everything your spiritual ear is going to hear is going to make your flesh happy. The Christian life is full of instruction, correction, and even rebuke. Why aren't more Christians really growing and developing? They don't like to be told they're doing it wrong. They don't like the preacher to preach truth. Now, that's not true really in this congregation. But if I were to get up in some of these megachurches and preach a fraction of what I preach to you, that we would empty out that church. It's not what they came for. They didn't come to grow. They came to play church and to placate their conscience and to go on about their carnal lives. That's why they're at that church. I'm not indicting all churches, but that shoe fits a lot of modern churches out there. Now this is true as you read your Bible. Reading your Bible is hearing from God. A lot of You read your Bible enough. You're going to come across something that's not going to make your flesh very happy. Are you all with me tonight? How about that out there? Can I get a like or a bunch of hearts so I can see you on this out here? I'm going to like it. That's good preaching, Pastor Chris. I'm just going to blow up my own Facebook page. <laughs> there was a time 
where God awakened Amber and I's hearing to something we did not see coming called Paducah. Did you see that coming? No, she did see that coming. I didn't see that coming. But the Lord spoke. Now, had we just gone, no. You may speak, but we don't like that word. Then we rebel or turn away against it. You have now damaged, not irreparably, but you have damaged your spiritual ears to hear next time. Now see, we want to hear, invest in that and make a million dollars. We want to hear that, right? We're happy to hear that. We want to hear, don't get on that airplane, it's going to crash. We want to hear that, but we don't always want to hear, get your butt to church. According to Pastor Nancy, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, B-U-T-T, I shouldn't have said that, but... So I apologize. However, I mean, there are words all the time that are just real basic, and sometimes they don't come off the pages of the Bible, even though they're in there. Or, and they're not even heard or discerned, seemingly, in the heart of someone in their prayer life, but it's coming out of the mouth of a man of God. But they don't like it. It's not pleasing. Notice, let's go, let's go, we're going to skip place here. It's just going to get more funner. Are you ready? Okay. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, we're going to switch this up a little bit. Go to Ezekiel. So it's to the right of Isaiah, chapter 12. Just real quick. Ezekiel, chapter 12. We having fun? I am. Praise God, I'm having fun. You see, if you go back to what I said earlier, I've already decided. I've decided to hear and obey what I hear. If I can do that, Chris, I've got it made. I have it made. If I will just override my flesh, you know, if you're a young person and you get all hot to trot about a boy or about a girl, and you hear God say, not the one. If you get that witness, we've been talking about that witness. If you look on your insides and your insides are going, Bleh. But your flesh and your hormones are going, yeah. Who's going to win? Now, you could go either way you want. But if you want to have it made, you're going to say, shut up, flesh. God knows what I don't know. And He is out only for my good, and He's a perfect God. And so shut up, flesh. And you, we're done. You're not the one. Love you, God bless you but you're not the one. You know, someone could be wonderfully right, a great person, devoted to God, but not the one. You know what dating is for Christians? Let's interact, and as we endeavor to hear, are you the one? And if we hear you're the one on the third date, you might not want to say that yet. That other one may not have heard it yet. Amber heard from God on the first date. But she didn't tell me because I was carnal. Couldn't accept that. But if you get to the third date and the Spirit says, not the one, then you have accomplished God's purpose for courting. And it should end right there. Joyfully, wonderfully, peacefully, it should end right there. 
Everything else beyond that is going to put yourself in a place you don't need to be. Oh, I'm helping somebody. God is. Okay, Ezekiel 12, verse 1 and 2. Notice what it says. The word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest... Now, this is God talking to His prophet, Ezekiel. You dwell in the midst of what kind of house? Can a whole nation be seen by God as rebellious? Oh, yes. Can a state... Can a church? Good. You know, it's what kind of church we want to be. What kind of family we would want to be. So God's telling His man, you're living in the midst of a what? A rebellious house. Now notice the impact, how it's connected to our subject. Which have eyes to see, but see not. They have ears to hear, and hear not. For, or because, here's the reason why, what is it? They are a rebellious house. So do you see how dangerous rebellion, an attitude of rebellion, is to your ability to be led by the Spirit? You have eyes from God to see, but you won't see because you don't want to. And you have the capacity to hear, but you don't. Because you don't like what's being said. And there's a real danger in adopting this Christian mindset and attitude of, I'll cherry pick. I like that word, but I'm going to la 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 and act like I didn't hear that. You're going to confuse your heart, confuse your spirit, you know, goof up your spiritual frequency to hear from God accurately. You cannot do that. You cannot pick and choose leadings. You need to consecrate yourself, deal with yourself before you even hear anything, before you go to God. You know, a lot of people just give God lip service. Oh God, what, do you, what church do you want to go to? But they don't mean that. They're going to go where they want to go. They're going to go where they're most pleased. They're going to go where they like the carpet color, where they think they're treated the best, what's most convenient for them. Well, that's fine. You're free to do it in our nation, and you're free to do it in the kingdom, but you're not free to get God's best doing what you want all the time. You're free to marry anybody you want to marry that you can talk into it. But you're not guaranteed God's best for the rest of your life. I tell the Bible students in California when they ask me, and they always do, uh, to teach on family and marriage, which I'm honored to do. I've been telling them the last couple of years, look, look guys and gals, I receive a blessing. I experience a blessing every day of my life because I married right 20 some odd years ago. She doesn't know either. Right? Yeah, you just did the math in your head. Lest you know, we're just, 
Our anniversary is a few days after Christmas, so it's always been an afterthought, okay? We just don't, we, she loves me, I love her, it's all good. But every day of my, I'm not saying we don't have personality quirks and disagreements at times and challenges, but every day of my life, I receive a blessing that others do not get because I married the will of God for my life. So who are you going to marry? A blonde. Who are you going to marry? A brunette. Who are you going to marry? A tough guy. Who are you going to marry? A rich guy with a fast car. You're not thinking right. You're thinking according to the flesh. And it's fine to have a list. I like small feet. That's just me. I don't like feet generally, so the less of a foot there is, I'm happy. It's just me. If your wife has skis and you like it, fine. (laughs) Fine. Fine. God gave me what I prefer. I am more attracted to brunettes over blondes. That's just me. Well, I'm, that's what I, right? But far away and above and beyond me demanding I get the right eye color and body shape, I want the will of God for my life. Because the will of God for your life is heaven on earth. And the other is the other. I I told those Bible students, I said, there are others who instead of a blessing every day, they get a measure of cursing. Because they married wrong. And yet now God expects them to be faithful to that covenant. I sure don't, I don't know, you know, I just don't want for any one of you that couldn't believe in God to get married, to have to look across the breakfast table every day for the rest of your life at not the will of God. Now you realize once you get in that covenant, it's the will of God. You understand that. I understand that too. You make the best of it. God makes lemonade out of lemons and all that. But see, there's a highest. And don't settle. I'm just going to take that by faith. I'm not wasting valuable time talking about that one thing. But I'm telling you, that's one of the biggies. Got to marry right. And the way you protect, this is two passages now in Isaiah and Ezekiel that connects the inability, seeming what, what messes people up, according to these passages in there, they have ears, but they don't hear, is because they're rebellious. And you have to be humble enough and introspective enough to just get before God and ask Him, how am I doing? Am I rebellious? That doesn't mean you may be rebellious in every area, but there may be one area where you just have dug in and said, I ain't moving, I ain't coming to Wednesday night ever. What is that? That's you decided. That means He didn't lead. Which means this whole thing about Him being out in front of you and leading you and guiding you and all those wonderful... That ain't it in that area. Which means it's going to cost you somewhere. Preaching good. Come on, where is it? Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Oh, praise God, I got out of order. So, well, let's go one more other place. Let's go, uh, we've, we'll get to the meat of the sandwich here. We were in Isaiah. Now we're in Ezekiel. Go back to the left, and there's a book called Jeremiah. Remember that? Look at Jeremiah 25, and I'm aware of the time. Oh, praise God. I'm having such a wonderful time. Hallelujah. This is how you get an overdue anointing and a flow like this. This is how Paul preaches all night, and Eutychus falls out the window because he got sleepy. <laughs> That's a Bible illustration about what happens to Christians who fall asleep while, you know, while the preachers. If I fell asleep in somebody's service, I want to, have, I want to know that he can raise the dead. Because Eutychus, Eutychus fell out a third story window and was taken up dead, but Paul fell on him and he said, don't worry about it, he lives. And he, you know what he did? He went back and preached his sermon. You read Acts, that's what he did. I just love Paul, praise God. I don't intend on preaching that long. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeremiah 25. And uh, verse 3 and 4 is what I want you to look at. I'm going to skip down to the last part of verse uh, 3. The word of the Lord hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking. Is there something here? We don't have time to develop this tonight, but is there something here about early in the morning that we've seen? Not a law. Don't get in bondage. But pay attention. Morning by morning. Rising up early. Train yourself whenever you wake up. Turn your spiritual ear to the Holy Ghost. Now why? Why will He speak oftentimes so early in the morning? Because your brain isn't ramped up yet. You haven't revved it up yet. And your body's not all churning yet. In those foggy, waking moments where you are conscious, but still the Holy Spirit will often try to take advantage of that moment to quicken you. And He can save a day. A whole day. He can quicken you about a decision. He can get over to you direction. So those are important moments when you're lying down on your bed. We've already talked about that in this series. What the Bible says about lie on your bed, be still. Communion with your own heart. Be still and know that I am God, right? Hallelujah. So he says, rising early and speaking, but you have not. See, it's always on us. You have not hearkened, which means listened. Verse 4, And the Lord hath sent unto you all His servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but you have not hearkened or listened. Now notice this last phrase, you might underline it. Nor inclined your ear to hear. I'm endeavoring to give you some nuggets that will help you protect your spiritual ears and give you some reasons why you may not seem to be hearing what you want to hear. We talked about rebellion. Now this is something else. The reason that God gives Jeremiah here is, I'm speaking, but you're not listening. And the reason it's not, we're not making the connection is because you haven't inclined your ear to hear. Now, this is just really interesting. Uh, the word inclined, the Hebrew word for that, the vast majority of the time, 60 times in the Old Testament, that word that's translated inclined here 
is in, it's translated stretch out. The vast majority of the time, that Hebrew word's used, it means you have not stretched out your ear to hear. Fifteen times in the Old Testament, that Hebrew word is translated stretch forth. Thirteen times, it's translated this way, turn aside. So do you get it? What, what is God really saying? I'm speaking. But you're not listening. The reason you're not listening is you haven't stretched forth your ear to hear. You haven't um, stretched it out. You haven't turned aside. So you look up the word and it means to stretch out. It means to spread forth, or I like this, it means to apply yourself. Come on, everyone give you your best. You know, oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Don't make me get Marilyn up here. Don't make me get Cynthia up here. Oh, Jesus. God never speaks to me. No, you can't say that. Can't say that anymore. Our Lord is speaking. His Spirit is endeavoring to lead. Are we... Now, what image do you get when you hear, you didn't incline, meaning you didn't spread forth, you didn't stretch forth your ear to hear? What image maybe do you have? You ever wanted to eavesdrop on a conversation through a hard wooden door? Come on, don't lie. And what do you do? Man, you get up against there, and you are, oh, and you're, if you could, you would spread your ear out on the door to get more surface area. How many of you, you've gotten down on the floor to get your eye or your ear down at the bottom? That's the image I get. God's saying, I'm speaking. I've sent servants. I've sent prophets. But you're not applying yourself in the hearing. And so I make this statement. And I'm going, to, I'm going to try to really close because I, I know what time it is. Um, if you want to hear and decide to hear, you will. If you want to hear. A lot of people are afraid. Brother Hagin talks about a, a guy in his uh, book, Following God's Plan for Your Life, that ran from God, ran from God, ran from God, ran from God because he was terrified that if he prayed to God, he was going to hear God say, missionary to China. And so he never allowed his ear to be available to the Spirit because he was afraid of what he might hear. He finally got tired of beating his head against a wall in life and consecrated himself and threw his hands up in the air and said, I surrender. Whatever it is, Lord, speak and I'm going to... If you want, I'll go to China if you want to. He goes, I don't want you to go to China. I want you to be willing to go to China. But see, all that time he wasn't hearing from God, not because God was speaking, because he wasn't going to spread forth and make his ear available to hear. But if you want to hear, and you decide to hear, you will. I'm going to work in this other statement on this message from way earlier in my notes. And that is, people who pray... No. People who don't pray, guess. God gave me that. I've been waiting for three 
service opportunities to get that statement in. So even if it doesn't fit, I'm just going to insert it in there. People who pray, know. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. People who pray, they know. Even if they don't know everything they need to know about prayer yet. When God finds a sincere and hungry heart searching for Him, they will know. God will make them to know if He has to write it in the sky. He will make them know what He needs them to know for that season, that moment, that decision to be safe, to be provided for, and to move ahead in His plan. That's why God will do miracles for baby Christians in the area of guidance. When I first got really dedicated and back into fellowship with God, I can't tell you, Andy, how often it was. It was weekly. It was multi-weekly that I would have somebody in the Methodist church come and say, you know, God talked to me about you. He said, go read that scripture. Or a minister would come up to me and say, thus saith the Lord. It was all the time. And it was God. That happens very infrequently to me now. Because He expects me to grow up and hear from God for myself, right? So did you get that statement? People who pray, no. But what about the people who are too lazy, too busy, too full of excuses to pray? They guess. What do you think the percentage is that they ever get it right? Can you think about how foolish and how reckless and how dangerous it is to guess at who you marry? Well, you know, I just, I think it's right. I mean, I sure like her. She sure kisses good. You're guessing. People guess. People guess all the time. You know, I had people even in the last few years say, uh, God called us from another state. We're going to come here. God told us. They don't make it. They don't make it but a short season. They come in and say, God's changed his mind. I, okay, whatever. God bless you. Amen. Do you all have enough capacity in your spiritual bellies for one more verse? Okay. And I think that we'll introduce it, but we'll have to come back where we can develop it. Let's see, which one of these golden nuggets should I give you here? Uh, Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's close right there. Thank you so much for drawing on me and for being patient with me, and I hope you're getting something out of it. I... I, I just believe in God very sincerely this afternoon that God's helping us tonight. He's helping us tonight. I love the idea that I don't have to ever miss it again. I don't, I don't have to steer my family into a disaster financially. I don't, I don't have to set myself back. I don't, I don't have to, you know, just make decisions that just end up in... Frustration, failure. How about just wasted time? We need to be accurate, and we can be, if we purpose to be. Because, you know, God knows where you are, and He'll speak to you on your level. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's... Okay. Yeah, verse 1. Paul said to this, now these are born again, spirit-filled, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, power of God Christians, just like you and me. 
Notice what Paul said to them, their spiritual father. And I, brethren, could not. Did it say, I just decided? No, it says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto, that means up to now, you were not able to hear it. Well, I want to hear. Are you able? I want to hear God. Are you developed enough to even process what God ultimately wants and needs to say to you? How many of you parents, you've had your three-year-old come up and ask you a very mature question? You know what I mean? Like mature question? Like, where do babies come from, mommy, daddy? Well, you have the answer. But if you're smart, right on a lot of these questions, you modify your answer. Not based on your inability or even unwillingness to say the full scope of the answer, but you know they are not able to hear it. You might give them nightmares. What they think would bless them with knowledge would torment them that night. I mean, I'm not going to get graphic with you. I'm just saying. We, we cater our answers to our children to fit their capacity. So see, in this whole thing about hearing from God, it's not just about you learning to recognize the voice of the Spirit. That's huge. But you also have to understand that the Spirit will not speak certain things based on where you are or where you aren't in your spiritual life. So if you want to hear the thing, I mean, you want God to reveal the ultimate of what He has for you. You can't be a babe in Christ. You can't can't stay a spiritual infant. I did really good there. I was going to use the word thumbsucker, and I decided to upgrade my... And I'm telling you because I want credit. (laughs) I'm trying to be more diplomatic. But do you see, just real quick as we get ready to go, Paul said, I could not speak to you on this level. Not because I can't. But because you are not able to hear it. So what, only only God knows right now, right? Now this is true for you individually, but it's true for us as a church. There are some things that the Spirit of God could. He could say it tonight. He could say it tonight and unveil a revelation, a truth, a portion of His will to us as a church that would, I don't don't have words for it, what He could say, but isn't and won't 
because we can't hear it yet. So every time you as an individual decide to grow spiritually, you help us together as a congregation to qualify ourselves Say, well, Dr. Jacobs, he's just been saying the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. Ten years been coming here. Maybe that's because we haven't. Paul's the minister here. He's being checked. He's being forbidden of saying things that he knows need to be said to that Corinthian church. But he can't. Now, let's, I'm closing the Bible, right? So, um, why couldn't they? Why could Paul not speak unto them as unto spiritual? But instead, he did minister to them. But he ministered to them as they were, which was carnal. Go home if you want to between this this week and next week, do a study on the contrast between what the New Testament calls the natural man. All you have to do is back up into chapter 2, just a few verses. It said the natural man, chapter 2, verse 14, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. Cannot. Because he's natural. That word natural means dominated by the natural occupied too much with natural life. And this is again why many do not seem to hear. They're too busy. They're too distracted. They're uninterested. Right? Or they're spiritually lazy. Onto. They're just spiritually lazy. And then they make, you know, then some disaster happens and they say, well, maybe God's trying to speak to me. As if God's, and He's not. It's in here. But the more natural we are, spiritually undeveloped, the less you're going to be able to hear of what's available. The good news is, part of hearing from God more and on a deeper level is you and I getting busy about spiritually growing up. You know, it'd be wrong for me, right? This Lutheran, let's say this Lutheran pastor I prayed with, if he invited me to his church to preach on a Sunday, it would be injurious. It would not be love for me to come in and preach on certain things or a certain level of revelation or light that I have. And it's right and it's good. It's blessed my life. But what I have that's good and right and blessing my life and my church would tear up and injure and be harmful. Like giving a, I love filet mignon, but you give that to an infant. And you're not loving them. 
You're endangering them. You're injuring them. You're, you're not helping them. What they need is to be fed in doses and on levels that they can receive. That's why I love preaching here. Not about the people, the numbers of people for me. It's about the capacity and the level of depth of things God allows us to get into here in this church. And it is why sometimes it is God when a visitor comes and they don't return. They're not bad, maybe. They're they're not bad, and they didn't miss it. You know, if I walked into the building in a new town saying, is this the high school and it's elementary? You know, or I walk into the physics class, but I really need to be in the elementary school class. The right thing to do is to walk me over to where I can be in an environment where I can receive. God kept me. Why don't you stand up on your feet? That'll be another step towards ending this thing. God did not speak to me about changing churches. This is my conviction. Okay? I was there until I tapped out my ability to develop in that church. God kept me where I was. And I got all... Now, I'm not saying that Pastor Nick didn't have more that I could learn and receive and different things, but generally speaking, I had come up to a place of spiritual development and He kept me there until I got all of that. But there was so much more I would never hear in that church. So when I got to that place, he said, if you want all I have for you, those were his words in my heart, then you're going to have to let me lead you on from here. That's why we don't pressure people about coming and not coming. In terms of connecting with us, people are free. We want, we're, we want to grow. We want people to come along. But I understand that we serve a lot of meat around here. <laughs> right? And that we're not wrong in doing that. There's a portion of the body of Christ in this region that's tired of baby food. It was good for that season, but they're getting to where they could take, you know, some peas and some carrots and And that's what you got tonight. Amen? Some good stuff. 